folks. Welcome to the Seven Figure Network Podcast. My name is Melford Bibbins, and today I'm joined by Sydney Smith. I am so excited to work with Sydney today because she has gotten this amazing social media technique. She's out there big time. She is one of those amazing folks that people find her, and that, that's such a such a crucial aspect of the industry, and especially now. You know, you and I both know that uh, you know social media has become overrun. Organic traffic is becoming much much harder to find, and Sydney is doing such a great job of building her team using a method that not a lot of folks are using. So first and foremost, Sydney, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. So I'm not going to tell your story. I want you to do me a favor and tell us, how did you get into the network industry in the first place? So I've been in, uh, I've been in network marketing for, God, seven, eight years, maybe now, uh, I started in the direct sales party plan industry. Mm. So I was going home to home building belly, belly to belly. Um, and I did that for almost two years and I hated it (laughs) (laughs) in person. I hated the belly to belly building. And so I was looking for another way. Mm-hmm. And I found network marketing um, and my mentor was building completely 100% on social media. And that was very attractive mm-hmm. to me. So I started that in 2016 um, and I started with her and then um, I moved into the company that I'm with in 2000. 17, maybe 18. I can't remember. I've been with them for almost five years. I don't even know what year it is. at this point. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Um, but I started in network marketing um, with 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 the company that I'm with because I wanted to. Okay, here's the real raw truth: is that I was in active addiction when I started in network marketing. Um, so my recovery date is uh, June 22nd, 2016, and the day that I joined network marketing with our team specifically and with my leader is June uh, 18th, 2016. So I was literally still in active addiction. I was looking for number one accountability in my recovery journey. Uh, I needed a group of people that was going to hold me accountable for my growth, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I found with the network marketing. And then I also needed, you know, a pay structure to help pay off the debt that I had accumulated in active addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I started. Yeah. I was broken. I was broke and I was ready for a difference in my life. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. I, I applaud you. you for doing that. It's, it's, it's incredibly hard to turn your life around like that, especially when there's things coming from every angle. So, so what I want to know, Sydney, is how do you think going through recovery has made you a better leader? My gratitude for recovery is something that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, well, yeah. So, uh, and more specifically my gratitude for active addiction, I am so grateful for every difficult thing that I've been through because it has made me the person that I am today. I have an incredible level of empathy. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my big major missions when I started in this industry, when I started building my brand online was that I wanted to give people back their humanity. Uh, and I think that we slap labels on people. Like if you think about even on a basic human level of like homeless people, mm-hmm. people are afraid of homeless people. <laughs> Why? I'm not exactly sure, but it's, we slap the label homeless on somebody and all of a sudden they're scary. And all of a sudden they're, they're less than, and all of a sudden they're, you know, whatever. And it's the same for addiction, right? Uh, people, people, you hear the word addict and, uh, people don't picture somebody like me. Mm -hmm. They picture, you know, what they see in the movies. And so I have, I have wanted to give that 
empathy back to people. That's been my main mission. And that has really helped me in my leadership because Mm -hmm. I love people. Like I just love people where they're at, no matter what their story is. And I have a tremendous amount of empathy from, from that experience. Has that made you work with a certain, um, I hate to use the word niche of people, but like a certain group of people, like, do you, do you work well with the, and again, I'm not like, we just talked about not labeling people and I'm doing it. (laughs) What am I doing? But have you found more success working with certain groups of folks and other, other sorts of, because again, you've gone through everything you've, you know, personally, professionally, you know, everything you've done, you've gone through so much. Have you found a certain niche of folks that you work best with, or is it just God, let's just get anybody we can and get talking. Uh, so I, when I first started, uh, was working specifically with addicts and that's just because that was, that was what I was portraying. Um, I went to actually a six figure mastermind over the weekend and yeah, with Eric worry. And he was talking about how he he was having a coaching call with somebody and he goes, your brand right now is pain. Um, and I related so hard to that because that's what my brand was when I started in this industry. My, my brand was pain. I was, Mm -hmm. my social media was dripping with pain. Uh, and so that's who I attracted. I attracted people that were in the real raw thick of it. Um, and as my, as I have healed and as my brand has progressed, I actually have moved into the LGBTQ community. So, um, I came out three years ago. Congratulations. Uh, Good for you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, And that's like, that's the community that I'm really passionate about working Mm -hmm. with. I found, uh, I went to an event about a year ago and I realized that there was this massive disparity in the industry, um, for my community. There was no representation of openly gay women on stages. There was no inclusive languaging in the community. And so that is now my mission is I want to have 10 queer six figure earners on our team Mm -hmm. by the end of 2023. And I want to be the first openly gay woman to really make an impact in this industry. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's, uh, you know, in we we were um, in the company that we used to be in, we've, we've sold our position and whatnot, everybody knows that, but in the company we were in, we actually had that talk with some friends, you know, they, they were, a, you know, a gay couple and they, they didn't think that going into that incredibly underserved community would be good. They were almost thinking negatively that if we go and we talk to other lesbians about what we've got going on, they're going to think we're pushing it onto this little group. And I said, no, they're the most underserved group out there who deserve it more than anybody else. They've been underserved their entire lives. Now is the time to step up. So, so smart to work in that audience because A, they want to hear what you got to say and B, nobody's taking care of them, which is ridiculous. I mean, talk about tight knit. You know, these are tight knit communities. And again, you know, not just talking about f- financial stuff, but health stuff. So thank, I'm, I love it. You're, you're moving everything in the right direction. So, you know, let's talk about real, you know, nuts and bolts stuff. Um, how have you been growing over the last few years? Because it, it seems like everybody's got a different story. I know you are a master at social media. So has that been like 100% of the concentration? Because I know you said belly to belly wasn't really your style. What, what have you done over these last couple of weird years to keep this thing going? So, uh, over the last couple of years, honestly, it was, it was such a blessing that I had spent so much time building on social media because, Mm, you know, before everything shut down, that was like, it was like, no, you can't build only on social media. No shame, shame. Like you have to build in person. And I was like, no, thank you. And so that prepared me so much for the shutdown because I already knew what to do. I already knew how to build on social media. Nothing changed for me except for there were more people on social media now. And so 
that's how I've been building over the last couple of years is through social media. I started on Facebook and mm-hmm. this is actually kind of what I've been talking about a lot lately is that like, mm-hmm. I was so blessed that my brand grew up with social media. Like I remember live video coming out. I remember stories coming out. I remember Instagram getting bigger. I remember TikTok coming out. And so as these as the internet has progressed, my mm-hmm. brand has gotten to grow slowly with it, which has mm-hmm. been such a blessing because a lot of people coming into the industry now are trying to learn three platforms and all the, all of these, um, different, different sources all at once. And so mm-hmm. most of my brand, uh, and most of my following has been built actually on TikTok in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did originally start on Facebook. I'm heavy on Instagram still not so much on Facebook anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but TikTok is my massive, I've never, ever seen a lead generation source like TikTok. It's incredible. Right, so, so we got to go into it. Everybody's hanging on the edge of their seat now. How the hell do you make TikTok work? Go. <laughs> so TikTok, there's a few things with TikTok. I've built two TikTok um, accounts at this point. Go. My first one was kind of like trial and error. It was like, okay, like, let me see what works. Let me throw everything at the wall. And I did end up growing that account to, I believe it is at 80,000 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, followers. And that was kind of throwing everything at the wall. And then I found mm-hmm. that I didn't have a specific niche in that um, Nova. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't have a specific niche on that platform. And so I was not attracting and not getting the inter- Nova. The, 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 po- the post office man. I'm, I'm over here stuttering. Sorry. It might, it might be a bark box. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't have a specific niche on that, on that platform. And so mm-hmm. I, um, I decided to try something out and I complete, I completely recreated my TikTok and I started building in just one area, one area, one area. And so I just started talking about the LGBTQ community, specifically um, my lesbian experience as somebody that came out, you know, later in life. And um, it has blown up. It grew up to 10,000 followers in like two weeks. And it is a really, really interactive community. I post literally anything on there about that niche and it's got 10,000 views. Uh, Where on my other platform or my other account, I'll post things and it's like 80,000 followers and 600 views. And so my biggest tip if you're trying to grow a TikTok is to stay in one one niche, like just talk about one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, one thing, and you'll grow this really interactive community. Um, and so then when I do throw a product in there, I've probably only done it once or twice mm-hmm. on that TikTok. But when I do throw a product in there, I had, you know, 500 leads that all came from one video. And then it's also, you know, filtering into my other platforms. So they're going on my other platforms and they're seeing my Instagram. So mm-hmm. I talk more about business and my product on Instagram than I do on TikTok, mm-hmm. but the people are falling in love with me on TikTok and filtering over to Instagram and then getting inoculated by what I'm doing. Wild. I, I guarantee that each and every person listening to this right now would love to say, oh, I just got 500 leads from using a video. I mean, <laughs> man, oh man. So, so okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going into TikTok because it's super hot right now. And, and it's funny because I, you know, 51 year old dude, you know, 
265 pounds. I'm not a dancer by any stretch of the imagination. None of that point in nine cents. So it, it just always felt weird to me to do it. And again, it's just, I'm talking about me, not you or anybody else on the planet. But what are you seeing is working on TikTok? Is it like, because they always say, you know, you got to do, you know, whatever the trend is, you got to do that to gain traction. You got to do whatever the dance is. You got to do whatever the pointy thing is. Are you doing that? Or are you just doing your own groove and, and people are just falling, falling into, the, into the niche, falling into the path? So my first, my first TikTok, I did a lot of the trends. It was like, oh, let me look at the trending videos and all Mm -hmm. of that. And it did grow, but it, like I said, it didn't grow that tight knit community. And so I wanted to do something different when I went Mm -hmm. to the second platform and I did, I just, so every single morning I sit down and I set up my camera and I pull out, I have, I'm like known for my Starbucks cups on TikTok. I pull out my Starbucks cup and I literally mix up my product. I don't talk about the product. I'm just shaking up the product mm-hmm. while talking about some sort of um, some sort of thing that falls into the niche, right? So maybe it is what it's like to come out later in life or things that I had to unlearn to accept mm-hmm. that I'm a lesbian, things like that, um, that are super relatable topics. Mm-hmm. And so what I found that works better on TikTok than any other platform is Instagram was always about like being perfect um, or coming off perfect. And yeah, TikTok is like, it's basically like Instagram stories on steroids. It is the behind the scenes. It is Mm -hmm. the real raw emotions, the feelings. Uh, That's how you create that really, really loyal community on that platform. And Mm -hmm. I don't do the dances. I do a trend every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But what has really grown my following has been just the really relatable, like, let's sit down, let's have like almost like coffee talk um, of like, let's have a real conversation and let's talk about something that like you might be feeling alone about right now. Mm -hmm. That is a platinum nugget for anybody listening right now, because we've all been brainwashed into, you know, do the trends, do the dances, do the pointing, do the song, you know, spend half your day searching to see what's trending. People spend more time figuring out what's trending than actually recording videos. Like you're, you're not getting customers by figuring out what's trending. You're getting so, so the real secret has been finding that perfect niche, speaking to them like a real human being and just very occasionally letting them know what's, so what we would do in the real world, seemingly. Yes. Uh, yes. But on a larger platform, I just right, get to, to the planet. Yeah. So are, are you using the short form video for your Instagram as well? Cause you said Instagram is a little more business. Do you, do you do the same short form video there or is it more pictures? And I, I apologize if I'm asking a million social media questions, but you're rocking this. So I want people to know what you're doing and how it works, you know? Yeah, no, I love talking about social media. It's totally fine. Um, on Instagram, I do, I do mostly short form video and then I do carousels, um, which is like the multiple pictures in yep. one post. Mm-hmm. Um, carousels seem to perform really well. And also short form video obviously performs really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a mixture of taking my videos from TikTok and putting them over on Instagram. However, Instagram's limitations right now are only a minute. And a lot of my TikTok videos are closer to two and a half, three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of it is on Instagram is more of the trending than, yeah. than anything else. But I do, I do repurpose some of my TikToks over there, depending on how long they are. Thank you for saying that your, your TikToks are two to three minutes. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, 15 seconds, man. I can't do anything in 15 seconds. I, I swear to God, I'm not trying to sound stupid, but it's like, I can't convey uh, logic to any, I, I don't feel like I can be helpful. And that's what I'm there for. I'm, I'm not there to dance and sing and point and everything else. I am there to help human beings who want to be helped. And it's very, very difficult to do that in 15 seconds. But, but you're seeing all this massive growth from two and three minutes. So you just being you, right? 
Yeah. I realized that, um, like as I was scrolling through TikTok, I was paying more attention to like what I was watching and I wasn't watching the training videos because I've seen 16 of them. I know how this video ends. Uh, so like, I don't care to waste my time watching it, but I was finding that these more, these videos that almost seemed like people were just like randomly setting a camera up and just talking when they, you know, just, Oh, I had an idea. And just, it seemed like they're randomly setting their camera up and they're just talking mm-hmm. to a friend yeah those were the ones that i was like i need to watch all I the way love that. yes and they were the ones that were two to three minutes so yeah that's great so yeah so we talked about using the fact that you've grown you know almost purely on social media we talked about the growth side Let, let's flip the coin over let's talk about retention uh, are you you know is there a difficulty with retention not having as much of a personal contact or do you feel like retention is actually easier because you've you've got this outreach of, of almost permanence you can reach these people every second of every day and they're, and they're logging in to see you so what, what, which side of the retention um, retention rail do you sit on I have extremely high retention, but I think that's because of how I build on social media. A lot of people try to build with, you know, like I said, that perfectly curated feed. And that's never been me. That's never been me. I am a freaking tornado. Like in real life, I am just, I am a ball of emotions. I am impulsive. I am a tornado. Mm -hmm. And that's what I put on social media. I'm vulnerable. I'm real. I talked about, you know, last weekend or last week, I told you I was at that six figure mastermind and I made a post after I left there about how I completely self-sabotaged myself in that room. And I don't think that's things that people share that are making six figures. They don't share their self-sabotaging moments, even though we have them. And so a lot of the people that end up joining our team with me personally are people that have been watching me for a year or six months or whatever. We've never had a conversation and they're literally like, I am obsessed with you. And I'm like, let's do it. I don't know who you are, but like, let's go. And so they end up feeling like my best friend. They feel like I am their best friend before they even have a conversation with me. Wild. And that seems to be the secret, right? I mean, if there is, there is no secret, obviously, but that seems to be the secret is just being you, being out there, being yourself to the point where people just naturally fall in love with you. And finally that right second that, that, or that wrong second, if you will, hits and it's the time for, for a massive transformation in their lives. Yes, absolutely. Super cool. Hey, uh, are you and your wife building together? Do, do you guys work in the industry together? Um, so yes and no. She is not on our my, on my account. She is not. Um, she was a promoter for a little while, but mm-hmm. it's just not really her forte. We mm-hmm. built together in the sense of she is my rock at home. Like she takes care of the home. She takes yes. care of all of that. She is my sounding board. Like mm-hmm. I said, I'm a tornado, and she <laughs> is very. She's very type A. So it's yeah. like the perfect opposites attract. Mm-hmm. moment where yep. she is the best support system that I could ever, ever ask for. So is she building on the front end? No. Does she keep me sane? Absolutely. And that, that is important when you're building a business like this, especially a, you know, people-based business where I'm dealing with so many different energies and so many different people and issues. And I mm-hmm. am the problem solver yeah. and it's so nice to be able to be here. And she's like, okay, you feel like, you feel like you've made a lot of decisions today. Let me release some of these decisions from you and like alleviate that decision fatigue. Like you don't have to decide what's for dinner. You don't. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for not making me be in charge for once. And so yes to no. 
Yeah. No, having that rock is just as good as having to recruit 10 people a month for you. Yes. And that rock is what allows you to recruit those other 10 people a month that you might not have necessarily been able yes. to touch base with. Hey, uh, tell me about the international growth. I mean, obviously, seeing that you're, you're the internet lady, you know, you can touch any corner of the globe any second you want. Um, have you seen a, a big jump in international growth lately? Or has that always been something you tracked with? Or, or are you a domestic gal through and through? Uh, I build mostly domestically. However, we have started expansion. Um, oh, you. Congratulations. Our, thank you. Our Great. team is in uh, nine countries right now. Nice. And yeah, so it was really cool when we first moved off of the, you know, North America continent mm -hmm. uh, and moved over into Europe. I'm very passionate about Europe. I love learning about the different cultures and stuff over there. So we've expanded into Germany, Italy, uh, the UK. And so it's small expansion at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those countries require a leader that is willing to step up and pioneer the country, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, and so awesome. it's just weeding through and finding those core leaders in those mm -hmm. companies so that those uh, or in those countries so that they can be more pioneered. But right now it's, it's small global expansion, yes. And did your global expansion on your team personally did they contact, did they reach out to you because they saw you on social media or was this more of a prospecting thing to try and get into some new countries? Uh, no, they actually reached out to me. Like I just signed a girl in Germany uh, who found me on TikTok. And so she's, she's great. She's, um, she is Greek living in Germany. And so she's great. Um, but yeah, they've all been reaching out to me and I, I do, you know, kind of, I use a strategy on Instagram where I do search in other companies or in other countries, not companies, mm -hmm. countries, um, to find people and to kind of get on their radar. However, I don't, uh, I don't go out of my way to like, Hey, you want to, I'm trying to expand into your country. I've just never, that's never have been wanted to build how I've wanted to build. And so mm -hmm. they've all reached out to me. Have you, it seems like a big thing nowadays, and it's funny, it's, it's both company-wide and, and industry-wide, everybody's trying to find influencers. You know, I mean, I want to have an influencer on board, yada, yada, blah, blah. You know, I, and I'm, I'm being, I'm just rolling out my opinion on this thing. I feel like influencers are going to jump from company to company. Whoever pays them that next dollar, that's going to be, you know, the company they represent, which means the prior company looks terrible now because it was all of a sudden, you know, this, you know, oil was amazing. Now this pill is the greatest thing in the world. Now it's this drink. Do you even, do you mess with the, I mean, I can see by the look in your face, you feel the same way I do. Have you had many influencers reach out to you looking to have you, you know, pay them to do anything or have you? talked into these folks um so there have been a couple influencers that have joined the company mm -hmm. um and like you said it was kind of a pop and drop and that's yeah. exactly what i expected when they joined the company yeah. um they do you know they do still drink the products i'm i'm friends with a couple of them mm -hmm. um but i have never been someone that has seeked out influencers i mm -hmm. just our team was built on really broken people like like i said i came into the industry and i was not even in recovery yet. I'd been trying for two years to get clean and I was broken. I needed somebody to believe in me yeah. and the impact that, that, that belief somebody else had in me on my entire life. I want to ripple that through people. And that's just not an opportunity with influencers. Mm -hmm. Um, they already have the social media following. They already have all of that. Their life, their life will be the same, whether I am, am it. <laughs> exactly right. 
Yeah, their life will be the same whether I'm in it or not. And so Mm -hmm. I want to impact the people that like need my belief, that need me to build them up, that need me to show them how to build social media, that need me to help, you know, even put a little bit of extra food on their table or help them pay their electricity bill. Like those are the people that I'm really excited about impacting. If an influencer comes through, I'll be really honest with you. I've watched, you know, my mentor bring uh, business owners or influencers into business and it's kind of they just kind of disrupt the culture of the team and they mm. aren't really here to be part of the team. And I, I don't feel the need to bring those people in. If they come, mm. they come, but if they don't, I'm not seeking them out. Yeah. Gotcha. Can you take a second and talk specifically to folks who are either fighting addiction right now or possibly in recovery? And the, the, the thing I want to talk about is that, you know, network marketing is challenging. We, we all know, you know, there's there's no get rich quick schemes here. You know, this is hard work every day. You know, the, the few of us who've made it to the, you know, into the upper levels, we've busted our butts and, you know, contributed to thousands and thousands of lives. So the fact that this is a little bit more of a difficult thing to do, but can be so life-changing, can you speak to somebody who's suffering right now about why this would be a good decision for them? Yeah. So I've noticed that a lot of the the most successful people in this industry are addicts because of that addictive personality. Um, And so you're always going to be trading one addiction for another. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the biggest thing that I can say with recovery, or if you're in active addiction or you're trying to get out of active addiction is that I never felt aligned with, um, with AA or NA. I never felt aligned with those recovery paths. Um, and I, so they weren't, they weren't working for me. Um, and I needed a system that was going to allow me to be myself and fully heal and heal. I'm a big advocate for, um, for different recovery paths. Like I don't believe that 100% abstinence is the only way. Um, and so this industry was the key. It is my NA. It is my AA. It is my, it is my support system. Right. And so Every single time that I've ever wanted to relapse, which it does happen, of course, um, every single time that I've ever wanted to relapse, I picture the faces of the people that I've made proud. I picture my mentor. I picture my friends that I've made in this community. I picture the people that are relying on me to show up. And it's kept me sober for almost six years now. And that is priceless. And I say this all the time is that like my biggest accomplishment in this industry is not the money that I made. It's not that I left a toxic relationship. It's not that, you know, I drive a Range Rover. It's not any of that. It's that I love myself. And that's not something that I would have without this industry and the belief and the people and all of that. That's my biggest accomplishment is that I love myself and I stay clean because I love myself. And that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And a lot of people don't ever get to that point. And I've watched too many people die. Yeah. Like too many of my friends die that never got to be where I am, where I love myself and I'm proud of myself. And I'm super, super, um, just like always forward focused. Um, and I know that a lot of people never get to get to be at that point. And so if you have the opportunity to join this industry and you have the opportunity to find somebody that loves you and appreciates you and will have the belief in you when you don't have it in yourself, please take it. Like it's, life-changing and you have no idea how life-changing until you actually are in it. I've never had anybody say to me that network marketing was their version of AA or NA. And I, I so appreciate you saying that, that it's just like, you're, you're, you're like tearing me up here. It was so, so great to hear you say that. So hey, do me a favor. Um, you know, some folks are going to be in their car. Some folks will be on their phones. So they can't see the show notes. Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you personally? 
Um, my, the fastest way to get in contact with me is probably Instagram. Uh, it's the real queen Sid, uh, on Instagram and, or Facebook, but Facebook, there's a lot of Sydney Smiths in the world. It's kind of hard to find me. (laughs) (laughs) I I always say that about Malford Bivens. They're everywhere. Every every other place you see (laughs) another Malford Bivens. Hey, I got to ask you my favorite question. What is your six month goal? My six month goal is it just changed recently. So Um, when I started out this year, I was, I had set three goals. I had said that I want 10 six figure, uh, queer six figure earners on the team by the end of 2023. That is still Mm -hmm. my goal. Um, but that's more than six months out. I wanted to make a million dollars this year. And I wanted to be the first openly gay woman to speak on a GoPro network marketing stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I thought those were my goals. And they're not Um, (laughs) (laughs) because your goals have to motivate you. Your goals have to get you out of bed. Your goals have to make you show up when you don't want to show up. And they weren't, they weren't doing that. Um, And so I really reevaluated it and I really kind of evaluated what I, what I actually want. And I'm getting married in um, October. Oh, congratulations. I'm sorry. I thought you were already married. I didn't realize. I apologize. I call her my wife on social media. So everybody thinks I'm already married, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I'm getting married in October. And the big goal next year is for us to be able to travel all year, go to all Mm -hmm. a bunch of our different dream places like Iceland and Europe and things like that. Um, and spend the year traveling so that in 2024, we can have a baby. And that is not cheap when you are gay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so the, the six month goal, I guess is a little bit longer than six months is I want to get to the end of this year mm-hmm. and I want to be able to have that travel plan laid out. And I, my biggest why right now is that this, we had to end up, we had to push everything back, um, a year. So when we got to the end of 2021, I sat my, my fiance down and I said, I know we were supposed to travel this year. Like we wanted to have a baby next year. And I said, we can't do it. She goes, what do you mean? We can't do it. And I said, we're not there yet. Like I'm, I make way more money than I used to, but I'm still paying off all of my, uh, debt from addiction. And I, Mm -hmm. we're just not there yet. And I said, we have to push our plans back an entire year. And she was Mm -hmm. like, okay. And I said, I'm going to do everything I can this year to make sure that I make you proud. And then next year we can, you know, live our life the way that we want to live it. And I don't want to get to the end of this year and have to have that conversation again. And so that is my biggest motivating factor is that like, I will not get to the end of this year and have to sit Holly down and say, I'm sorry, I messed up. We have to push it back again. I, I refuse. So that's my big six month goal is to uh, get to a place where we can spend all of next year traveling so that we can have a baby in 2024. Mm -hmm. Well, the good thing is because of your business, you can write off the travel, can't write off the baby, but you can, (laughs) (laughs) but but I guarantee you're going to be enrolling people all year long when you're traveling around. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, Hey, Sydney Smith, thanks so much for being on today. This has been great. It's, it's funny. You know, a a little uh, open kimono moment for the, uh, for the audience. I always send questions to my guests before I interview them. I don't think I asked any of them. I think Sydney, and I just talked about everything else in the world, but the questions I asked. So absolutely. This has been so much fun for me. I, I really appreciate you giving real actionable tips. You taught people the things you did to see success. And, and that's hard sometimes because again, everybody keeps hearing about TikTok and Instagram and reels and all these other things. And you could, you know, pay for a bunch of training and everything else, but you went against the training and were successful. You, you did exactly the opposite of all the, you know, all the gurus tell you to do. And that's what blew you up. So I, I so appreciate you talking about that today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate uh, not at all. It was so great having you. Have a great day, Cindy. We'll talk to you soon. Okay.